Well, good morning, Grace Hills. Good morning. Uh, man, I'm glad you're here today. Uh, I believe that God wants to do something in our hearts and in our lives this morning. Amen? Let's try that again. Uh, when we say amen, it means so be it. That's what that whole entire idea means. And so I'd say this, I believe, and I would ask you just to say that over your life today, that you believe that God wants to do something in your heart and in your mind today. So let's just try that. Man, I believe that God is going to do something in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives this morning. Amen? Amen. amen. Hey, we're in a series right now where we are talking about prayer. And uh, we've been talking about how your relationship with God changes the way you pray. Your relationship with him changes the way you pray. And the big idea is that as we understand God and as we know God and as we walk with God, it shapes our conversation with him. So we talked a couple weeks about, about how God our Father, knowing God as our Father, how that shapes the way that we pray, that we know that we trust him and that we walk with him and that he is wiser than we are. And that's such a big deal. And the last week we talked about knowing Jesus, how that changes the way we pray and what he did on the cross, how it brought us victory into our lives and how that changes the way way we pray. But today, here's what I want to, we're going to end out the series, and I want to talk about how your relationship with the Holy Spirit changes the way that you pray. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit changes the way you pray. And this is an important discussion because so many of us, if we're honest, we don't even think about the Holy Spirit when we pray. Uh, for a lot of us, the mentality is we think about God, our Father, and we capture that and we get that. And we understand that relationship of God as our Father. Sometimes we'll add in to where we begin to think of Jesus and what Jesus has done for us. But a lot of times we don't think about the Holy Spirit. He's not even on our radar sometimes as we're praying. And the difficulty with that is this is that the, we miss out on so much of what God and what he wants to do in our lives when we don't allow our relationship with the Holy Spirit to shape our prayers. We miss out on part of God. In essence, we're missing out on part of God, and I'd say that figuratively and literally. Figuratively, we're missing out on part of God because we're not experiencing and seeing all that he wants to do in our lives. I would also say literally, we're missing out on part of God because he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so many times we're so focused on Father, Son, and we stop there that we miss out on a whole third person of God that wants to operate and work inside of your life. And that's huge. And here's my heart today. If you want to know where I'm coming from, what this whole discussion is about today, and what I really want for your life today is I want you to experience all of the God's goodness and his joy and his peace and his comfort and his strength and his direction and his power inside of your life. That's where we are. We believe that all of that comes from God, that he desires that for you, that he wants that in your life. He's not just a God who's happy when you make it to heaven, but he wants to bring you peace and redemption and hope and peace and joy now. But to walk fully in all that God has for you, I want you to catch this today, is that you cannot ignore the work of the Holy Spirit in your life or in the way that you pray. And the reason for that is this, is that the Holy Spirit is the one who brings the power of God into your life. It's the Holy Spirit who brings the power of God into your life. Jesus, he talks about this, right? And he says that um, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When you receive the Holy Spirit, that you will have power in your life. I'll say it a little bit differently. I'd say the Holy Spirit is the person of God closest to you because he is the one who is sent to indwell your life. 
It's the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit who guides you. It's the Holy Spirit who exists inside of your life. Jesus talks about this. And then he talks about the Holy Spirit this way in John 16. He's talking about, um, talking to his disciples and he has this moment where he has a heart to heart with them. And they're a little bit, a little bit scared. Uh, and rightly so, they're a little worried because Jesus is at this moment where he started shifting his conversation with them. And, then, and it's in this moment of what they call in the Bible, it's what they would call the farewell discourse. And it's this time right before Jesus is about to go to the cross and then the grave and be resurrected, all of these things. And so he's beginning to prep his disciples and talking to them about, hey, like this period is coming when I'm about to leave and I'm about to go to heaven. And he's telling them this whole entire thing. And they're starting to like, get a little nervous and they're getting, and I could, I could picture myself in that place of saying, Hey, there's this guy that I believe is the son of God. Like I put my hope in him, my trust in him, left my job for him. Like I'm walking with him. And now all of a sudden, like I, like I've given up everything to follow this guy. Now he's talking about leaving. I would be a little worried too. And they're at this point, And what I love is that Jesus comforts them. He gives them some direction. Here's what he says in John 16, verse five. He talks to him and he says, but now I am going away to the one who sent me. And then he goes on, he says, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I told you. And he's saying, and Jesus is saying, hey, you're, you're so worried about that I'm leaving, but you haven't even asked. He's saying like, listen, I've got a plan. You're not even asking about the plan. Like there is a purpose in this. And then he goes on, and I love it. He says, but in fact... It is best for you that I go away. Everybody say best. Some versions uh, will say that it is to your advantage that I go. And he says, it's to your advantage, it's best for you that I go because if I don't go, the advocate who is the Holy Spirit won't come. But if I do go away, I love this. He says, then I will send him to you. That's a big deal. And I'm gonna say that blows my mind sometimes because if I had the choice of Jesus, God incarnate, walking beside me, like Jesus, the guy who they saw like, like walk on water, Jesus, the guy that they've seen feed thousands of people, and they're like, this Jesus is here walking beside me and he's saying, no, like, look, it's to your advantage that I go so I can send the Holy Spirit to you. I'd be like, right, like, like totally, I totally believe you here, Jesus. But here's what he knew. Jesus knew this crazy thing, which is this, is that the Holy Spirit inside of them was better than Jesus beside them. And it's the same way in your life. The Holy Spirit inside of you is so much greater and more powerful and impacts your life so much more than even Jesus beside you. That God not only is around us, and there's this idea that God is, when the Old Testament, God is above us to this moment that God comes and like lives beside us to this moment here that Jesus is coming to. And he says, now I'm coming to live inside you. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us and it's true of your life. See, he's the person that Jesus sent to make the power of God in your life a reality. That's what it is. Holy Spirit is coming to bring the presence of God into your life and make the power of God a reality in your life. We don't just exist and just come here because we believe that God existed and that he did something and now we're done and that he's not working in our lives. But we see that he loved us. He created us. He sent Jesus to get us redemption. And now the shift comes to where now he lives inside of us and his power works inside of us. Because he indwells us in our lives. And he's the person of God. 
or that so impacts your life. Theologically, if you want a theological formula of how we would say it, the, the way that you would say it is this, is that everything that God does in our lives comes by the Father, through the Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how theologians would say that. The idea is that everything comes from God, that he is the father, is the author of all things, that he gives these things. The way that it comes into our life is by the son who gave his life for us and brought redemption into us. And the way that it is effectuated and actually happens in our life is that the Holy Spirit indwells us and makes those things happen in our lives. So it is the Holy Spirit who is indwelling our lives it's the Holy Spirit who gives us wisdom. Bible talks about the Holy Spirit and it says that he is the spirit of wisdom. Literally names him that, that he is the spirit of wisdom that brings it into our life. He's the one who brings conviction, that draws us away from our, uh, our destructive habits and mentalities and all of these things and draws us into what God has for us. He's the one who embeds our lives with joy and peace. He's the one who walks with us daily, who is inside of us and walking with us. Galatians talks about it this way, Galatians 5.22. Paul talks about it and he says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, right? And self-control. I love those things. But do you notice what he says? He says at the start here, he says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your life. It's the Holy Spirit living inside of us, bringing conviction, guiding us, working in our lives that produces these good things of God in our lives. So big picture today, here's the turn that we're going to make is this, is if the Holy Spirit is the person who brings the good things of God into our lives then why would we ignore him when we pray? He's the one who's closest to us, the one who is bringing these things of God into our lives. Then why would we ignore him in our praise? And what's funny is when you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit is repeatedly brought up in prayers. This week I went and I looked at all of Paul's prayers in the Bible. There's several of them. And, and so I went and found all of them. And then I went through and I began to highlight in there all the places where he mentions the Holy Spirit or begins to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit. And it was just lit up all these places. And he's saying, praying for the Holy Spirit to go and work, praying for the Holy Spirit. I'll give you a couple of examples. He prays for his friends in Rome. And the church in Rome, and he says this in Romans 15, 13, he says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow in confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. He says the way that you have this hope in your life that it's brought into your life is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Prays for his Ephesians friends. And he says this in Ephesians 1, 16. He says, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance of Christ Jesus? Here's what he's saying is this. Is that I am praying that the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom, will come and give you wisdom and knowledge and guidance and open your eyes. This is huge. Paul understands that the Holy Spirit is the power of God in our lives. And I love, he prays for him to work in our lives. He prays for him to work in our lives. Now, that's great information. Theologically, we got that under control. We get this now, that the Holy Spirit is the one who indwells us. He walks with us. He does this. But how do we actually include the Holy Spirit in our prayers? 
right? In other words, why does this theology matter to your life? It's not good for us to come in here, just get knowledge and then walk out the doors. But how do we see this? How do we begin to see the nearness of the Holy Spirit affect the way that we pray? How do we begin to see that the the relationship with the Holy Spirit affect the way we pray? How do we actually practically do this to see the power of God show up in our life? So here's two things I want to give you today. And they're, I'm going to tell you, they're not groundbreaking at all. Here's what it is. The first one is this. Ask the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Brilliant. But ask him to work in your life. See, when you understand that the Spirit was given to you, to implement the power of God in your life, then you ask him to come and move in your life. God's heart towards us, and I'd say this to you, is not to withhold good things from us. He wants to, the Holy Spirit wants to bring the good things of God into your life. I think so many times we feel like we've got to convince God to work in our lives or we got to feel like I got to do these things, but his desire, his, his posture towards you right, is to give you the Holy Spirit, to see him work in your life and to see him impact your life. Luke 11, 11 says it this way. When Jesus is talking, he's talking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And he says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you ask them for a scorpion? He says, of course not. He's like, that's dumb. Don't know. You wouldn't do that. He says, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father, now catch this, give the Holy Spirit to those, what, who ask? Who ask? What's asking? I fullheartedly believe that we miss out on so much that God wants to do in our lives, not because we don't know that God can do it and not because we, God doesn't care The reason why we miss out is because we just don't walk in it in our life and ask God for it in our lives. It's available to us. He says, I want you to do this, but we just don't ask. We don't ask for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. And so many people I talk to, right, we we ignore how the Holy Spirit operates in our lives. And so we go into church buildings and we're taught about the power of God. You come in here and we, we hear that God is powerful, that he cares about you, that he walks in your life, that he wants to give you guidance, direction, that he wants to work inside of your life. And we hear that, then we leave out those doors and then we never ask him to do it. So we come in, get fat theologically, and then waddle out the doors with all this great knowledge and never see it happen in our lives. We have head knowledge that does us no good. We've got to become people that say, hey, I believe this, I understand it. Holy Spirit, will you work in my life? Will you do it? And it's so simple, right? It's so simple to say, like, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to work in my life. But then we just don't do it. We just keep going through life and, and don't actually ask. My hope for us as a church is that we would become people who stop suffering in silence and invite the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. That's my hope. That's my hope. What does that look like? Well, when you're dealing with depression, it's one thing where we can sit there and just suffer in it and never ask God to do anything and then we just handle it and say, oh, this is, this is the hand that I was dealt and I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk in this for the rest of my life or realizing that it's the Holy Spirit that brings the joy of God into our lives. Doesn't mean that there won't be sadness, doesn't mean that everything's happy, but the joy of God is the thing that can even accompany your life and your heart even in the midst of difficulty and even in the midst of sadness that you may be sad, but still there's a joy inside of your life because you know God and that it's a miraculous thing that the Holy Spirit is still embedding in your life. 
But how many times do we just walk through it and don't even ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, will you work in my life in that way? And when you need direction, I think about my life. Here's what I do a lot of times. I'll walk through my life and I'll need some direction. I'll know I need direction in my life. And so I'll sit there and say like, I would just wish God would give me direction. And I'll even think like, yeah, I wish God would do this. And then I think about it a little bit later. I'm like, I didn't even ask him to. You know, in his word, he says, he says in James 1, he says, if you ask him for wisdom, he will give it to you. But I wonder how many times we walk in our lives and we suffer without the wisdom of God and direction of God in our lives because we think, okay, well, God's just there. We just keep moving and never ask him to come and show up. He doesn't say, I am just gonna implant wisdom into you. But he says, if you will ask me for wisdom, I'll give it to you. Have you done it? I think about my life, there's so many things and situations where I just don't. I'm trying to reshape my habits and attitudes to where I do it. When you're in a marriage, right, that's a little tough, and you're walking through some things in your marriage, how many times do we just suffer through walking through instead of asking the Spirit to come and work in your life? Holy Spirit, will you come? Will you work in my heart? Maybe you're suffering in your heart when you're married and you've got some burdens and you've got some things that you need to let go of and there's some brokenness that you need God to work in in that. And I would say, have you asked him to work in it? Or are you just trying to pull up your bootstraps, suffer through, feel like a martyr and keep going on? It's not who God intended us to be. He wants us to walk in our lives. Now, let me bring some clarity to this. And I wanna wanna approach one thing real quick here is what I'm not saying today is I'm not saying that we're making prayers difficult and if you don't address the right person of God, then, then it doesn't work and you gotta make sure that which part, you know, which part of the Trinity does this. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that saying the words Holy Spirit do this is more magical than doing something else. That's not what I'm saying. But here's what I am saying is that you need to understand what the Holy Spirit does in your life and that he is the one who brings joy and peace and freedom and conviction and hope and all of these things in your life. And then I don't care how you address that, but if you begin to ask God to begin to do that, and you may not know the right words and you may know not know all of the things, but how many of you know God is not so obsessed about the words, but he's caring about your heart and what you're coming and what you're laying before him. I said this a couple weeks ago, and I just want to say it today again, is that when you got a little kid who comes up to you and they have something that they need or a request that they have, and they don't say the words exactly right, and they don't get it all right, but you can see their heart and what they're asking for, you don't just go, oh, well, you're so dumb, get out of here. You didn't know. You say, okay, like you read between the lines, you love them, you bend down, you pick them up, and you work in their lives. And so I want to just be clear today, that's who God is for you. It's not about a formula. That's not what we're talking about. I'm not coming in here today saying, here's the formula to get the Holy Spirit to work in your life. And if you could say these words just right and ask in this way, then God and the Holy Spirit will come and work in your life. And that's that's not it at all. We're not talking about formulas. We're talking about relationship and saying that when you understand that he's living inside of you and that he wants to work and you say, I need wisdom, God, that he comes and he gives it. 
when you're walking through in your marriage and your difficulty and say, God, I need new eyes and a new understanding of how to love my spouse and how to do this right. And I, we are in a difficult spot. I need you in my life. It invites him into the situation. When you're walking with your kids and you don't know what to do, and there's some situations there and you're like, I'm, this is outside of my control. Like, I don't know how to lead this kid and how to do this thing. And you're outside and you invite God in and say, God, I need you in this relationship to help me. And here's the thing. He's a good father who wants to give you the Holy Spirit and wants him to work in your life. It's not this thing where you got to con him into doing it, but he wants to work in your life. You need to know that God wants to bring you joy through the Holy Spirit. He wants to bring you peace through the Holy Spirit. He wants to bring you freedom from addiction, the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to bring you discernment. And I'd say this, we live, how you know, we live in a little bit of a crazy world right now and a lack of discernment where there is, there is a weakness and, a, and a, we are living in a desert of discernment where it, the world does not have discernment. Church so many times aren't walking with discernment and it's a difficult place. And where would be my challenge to you? Pray for discernment in your life. Ask him for it. He'll bring it to you. Wisdom for your parenting. Healing for your heart. Ask. It's a simple point today. Ask. Bring it to him. Ask. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you and will bring the power of God into your life if you'll ask. Do it. Challenge. That's a pretty easy challenge today, but it'll change your life. Here's the second thing I'll tell you is this. Hello, other way that he shapes the way that we pray is this, is ask the Holy Spirit to work in other people's lives. Ask for the Holy Spirit to work in other people's lives. Paul, we read those verses earlier, and Paul prays for the Holy Spirit to give the Romans joy and peace and hope. He prays for his friends, the Ephesians, and prays that God, the Holy Spirit, will come and give them understanding and wisdom and knowledge of God. My hope is this, is that we would be a church that is not only asking the Holy Spirit to work in us, but that we are going to bat for other people. That we're going to bat for our spouses. We're praying for the Holy Spirit to go and work in them and give them comfort and peace. And then you don't just go, oh, my spouse is working, walking through this. I hate that for them. But we're saying, no, Holy Spirit, would you go and comfort them? Will you give them peace? Will you give them wisdom? Will you give them discernment? That we're praying for our kids. Your kids need it. Praying for them, for our coworkers and for our church. Instead of getting frustrated when your kid is acting like a knucklehead, because how many know you got some kids sometimes that will act like a knucklehead? Instead of just getting frustrated and being like, what in the world are you doing? What if our response, instead of being frustrated and mad and upset, was to go to God and ask for the Holy Spirit to work in their lives? Do you think that would change the atmosphere of our homes? Pray for the Holy Spirit to give them conviction. Ask the Holy Spirit to go and give them wisdom as they're walking through. I mean, you know, kids right now need some discernment. They're getting a lot, they're getting bombarded 58 different directions with every philosophy and every idea and everything coming at them. And I would challenge you this. If you are not praying for your kids to have the discernment of God in, your, in their lives, there is, uh, there is none. I would just challenge you, that is incredibly, incredibly important. Pray for it. Ask God for it. Ask God for it. I remember a few years ago, 
I had a coworker that, um, that drove me nuts. You ever have somebody that drives you nuts? And I'd say this, drive, drove me nuts daily. Uh, you ever got somebody that's just, not just on occasion, but just daily. It's like, oh, what in the world are you doing? And uh, I remember that I was, I would drive nuts and I'd go, I'd go home and I'd tell Casey about it and we, we'd just, she'd listen to me vent about it and it was just frustrating, all this kind of stuff. And then I remember there was this moment that I had a conviction in my heart of instead of being frustrated and upset all the time, what if I begin to pray for them, pray for God to work in their lives? And it did two things. One is... I think before they ever change, it did a work in my heart. I think so many times, right, where God says, pray for your enemies. I don't think that's all about getting your enemies to change. I think that's about getting our hearts to change. Something powerful that happens inside of you when you pray for the people that are doing wrong to you and that God does a work even if they don't change, that God does something in your life, that's huge. And God did that in my life, that person. And ultimately that situation also Begin to change. And what was amazing about it was through prayer and asking the Holy Spirit to work. It worked in my life, worked in their lives, and the situations changed. And I, and I thought about it because for how long did I just live my life in frustration mode instead of having my reaction go to, let me pray about this. My hope is that we would be a church where our frustrations with people would lead us to pray for God to work in their lives instead of leading us to vent, gossip, or treat them poorly. That's my hope. I'm gonna say that again, not for any of you in here. I'm gonna say it for the the sinners on the live stream. Um, I know all of you got it figured out. But I genuinely believe this. What if we became a church where our frustrations with people would lead us to pray for them and for God to work in their lives rather than lead us to vent, to gossip, to say these things, to treat them poorly. Think it would change Northwest Arkansas? I think it would. What does that attitude take? What does that type of being that type of person take? Well, here's what it takes is retraining our attitude. We live in a world right now where we've been trained by culture Right, that we, we get ticked off, we get frustrated, we get mad, and then we, we store it in or we vent or we blow up and this is the way that we've been trained by culture that that's the way that we operate and that we do. God's kingdom is totally different. We gotta retrain our attitudes to say when things come that we go to prayer. That's the type of person that I wanna be. I don't know about you, but I wanna be the type of person that when things come, frustrations come, emotions come, that I, my first reaction is not just to be here and be ticked off and be mad and be all these things, but I'm going to God and I'm asking God to work in this thing and for God to work in me in this situation. And so I, right now, I'm personally trying to retrain my attitude in ways of becoming that person. And that's what I wanna be. Uh, uh, let me tell you this, I think this might help you is this, is that your emotions are a thermometer and your prayers are a thermostat. Your emotions are a thermometer. They don't change any situations. They let you know what you're feeling, let you know what's going on, give you awareness of the situations and those things. And then what do you do with those things when you are able to read the thermostat of understanding what's happening in your heart, what's happening in the situation and those emotions are bringing in you. That's a thermostat giving you some diagnostics of what's happening But if we just leave it at that, that thermostat's just gonna keep ticking up and up and up until it finally, mercury goes out the top and blows, right? But what do we do if we become people who say, the thermostat lets me know what's going on 
And I'm going to go <laughs> to prayer because that's what actually changes things. Your emotions are a thermometer and your prayers are a thermostat. And if we begin to shift into that mindset, I think it'll change our lives. Can you imagine what God could do in our marriages and in our kids and our families and our work relationships if prayer for the Holy Spirit to work was our gut reaction? I think it would change. That's who we gotta be. And I'm gonna tell you something and I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna say it really straightforward. So just give me some grace in this, but I think, I think we need to hear it straightforward. And so I, here's the thing I want you to understand is this, is that some of us need to stop trying to be the Holy Spirit in people's lives and need to start praying for the Holy Spirit to work in people's lives. I think that's a way we operate a lot of times that it's my job, come and bring conviction. Well, no, it's not doesn't mean that you don't give, that you don't spread the good news of Jesus. It doesn't mean that you don't share principles and truth. It doesn't mean in your spousal relationship that you're, that you're walking in accountability and doing, that's not what we're saying. You know the line. You can feel the line of when you are giving good, biblical, godly advice to somebody who's ready to hear it and when you are trying to play the role of the Holy Spirit. You know and don't act like you don't. You feel it. And you know when you're stepping over the line. So many times we're doing this thing where we're trying to be the Holy Spirit. I said this before, uh, but I'll bring this up again. The, the roles of God, Father, God the Father, right? He is, he is the authority, the, the judge there. Jesus saves us. The Holy Spirit brings conviction into our lives. And the problem comes, and when things get winky and weird, right, is when we think it's our job to play one of the roles of the Holy Spirit or play one of the roles of God, when we try to save people, it's not gonna go well, right? That's when we start coming in and trying to put all these rules on people and try to tell everybody all these things they've got to, it ain't gonna work. When you try to play the Holy Spirit and just make everybody feel bad about everything they ever do and that you feel like your job is to bring conviction, it ain't gonna go well. It's when we allow God to play his part and we play our part that things work. I see this in marriages um, and counseling people all the time. Guys, guys are fixers. How many of you guys have been down that road where you messed up because you're trying to fix things? And I, I think so many times that leads us to try to say, oh, I'm gonna, we end up trying to be the Holy Spirit in our wife's lives. Wives are the same way, right? There's so many times where that comes where you know, they see us as a project to try to fix some of these things and try to play the role of God in their lives. And your spouse can hear the voice of God and you are not it. <laughs> and I think we've got to understand that and I've seen more change in things happen when we pull back we lay back a little bit and we pray for God to work in that situation and I think the cool part of it is this you're not alone you're not the only one in this project you're not the only one that's trying to do these things like God's desire Right, is for good things, for your marriage to be well and founded and walking the principles of God. So it's not like if you, if you step out and ask God to work in this situation, it's not like God's like, oh, maybe we'll see what happens. But as you begin to pray and ask for God to work, man, that's when things begin to change. I wonder what would happen in our relationships if our gut reaction was for the Holy Spirit to work.
Let's be those type of people. Let's be those type of people. I'm tired of, uh, I grew up in church and we, I've been a person so many times where I can walk in things and um, can just get a lot of knowledge but don't see it in my life. And I, I, I'm frustrated, honestly, with myself at how many times that I don't invite the Holy Spirit to work. And it frustrates me because I, th- I think about the times where I have invited the Holy Spirit in and how he has given me wisdom and direction and changed my heart and done those things. And I think the, the loss for me is how many times that I haven't and I wish that I would have. And I'd say, let's not go into the future with regrets, but let's constantly, consistently bring the Holy Spirit in on the conversation. So in closing, here's, here's where I wanna bring us today. My hope for you is that you would be somebody who knows the Holy Spirit. That you would know that he is close to you. So we're talking about this whole thing. Uh, we want you to understand this, this whole idea is having a relationship with God and that the Holy Spirit is the one who is inside of you and walking with you. And when you read the New Testament and you read Acts, you see that he's giving them wisdom and direction, that he's saying, go in this direction, do these things. And he's giving them wisdom and direction in their lives. And my hope for you is that we wouldn't just get fat on knowledge again, but that we would know God and know the power of him in our lives and that we would see him work in our families and that we would see him work in our emotions, that we'd see him work in our addictions and that we'd see him bring freedom in our lives. And that is my hope. I don't want to be a church where we come together and we just have a lot of ideas and we never see the power of God show up in our lives. The reason why I love this church and love being a part is I look at different people and I know the stories. We went on an elder retreat this week and we were talking about the church and how we were excited about what God's doing. And I, I know we were talking about, we briefly hit on some numbers of what we're doing and excited about what God's doing, that we're adding rows to the, to the back of the room and like, oh, that's great. And I was telling them, I was like, one of the things though that I love so much is that it's not about the numbers, but I told them, I was like, when I stand on the stage and I look at this crowd, the thing that I love is that I see the stories of God working in your life. I'm privy to so many of your stories and what God's doing. And I see a person in this section and in this section, and, I, and it encourages me so much as we see this journey and what God is doing in our lives. And that's my hope, is that you would know the Holy Spirit and know that he is close to you. Know him working you. That you would understand that he wants to work in your life and that your emotions would become navigators for your prayers, that they would guide the direction of your prayers, and that we would be people inviting the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, and that we'd be going to bat for other people and asking the Holy Spirit to work in their lives. So this isn't a complex sermon today, but it's a challenge. Saying, don't walk out these doors and say, that was great, now let me move on with my life but see your life changed by the Holy Spirit. And here's what I believe, is if we become people who ask for the Holy Spirit to bring the power of God into our lives, we'll begin to see the power of God in our lives. When we ask, I believe he wants to. I believe he'll respond in that way. I want that. Do you want that? So let me ask you this today. What are the areas in your life that you need the Holy Spirit to work in your life? I'm just going to take a moment. Um, 
let's just do this. Let's bow your head, close your eyes. And I just want you to take a real moment with God today. I'm gonna be quiet for a second. And I don't know your situation, but God does. I know that he's leading you and that he's guiding you. And I know that you know in the seat, the place that you need God. What is that place? What is that place that you need the Holy Spirit to work in your life today? What is that place for you? Now let's do this. Let's bring that area to God in prayer. Let's lift it to him. So Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Uh, We thank you for what you have done in our lives We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness and that you walk with us daily. God, you know there are are tons of situations in this room. They are all different, but you know every single one of them. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and work in our lives. We ask you for for the presence of God to become manifest in our lives. We ask you to show up. We ask you to work. For the parent in here that needs wisdom, um, walking through with their kids, God, I pray that you will bless them with wisdom. You will bless them with direction. Person in here that's got a lot of things um, and they've been hearing so many things from world and society and they're having a difficulty of discernment. God, I pray that you will come and give them godly discernment in their life, that they will begin to know you, see who you are and be able to follow that. And that the confusion that the world is trying to bring into their lives, by telling them things and bringing ideas into them. God, that that confusion will be gone. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to bring clarity, clarity and discernment in their lives. For the person in here today that needs healing in their heart, they've been carrying some burdens and carrying some weights that that they need to let go. Holy Spirit, we ask right now that you would begin to come and bring healing and restoration and hope and joy and peace in you. Thank you for that. One last thing. We don't want to be inward focused. But who's the person in your life we need to pray for God to work in their lives? Maybe it's a kid that's far away from God right now. And you're just going to pray for God to begin to work in their life. Maybe for you, it's in your marriage and you got some difficulty going on and we need to pray for the Holy Spirit to work in that. Maybe it's at work. I don't know what your situation is. God knows, but let's bring that to him in prayer as well. God, we thank you that you are powerful, that you can do things that we cannot do that you can cause healing in places that we cannot, that you can reach people that are far from you that we could not do. So Holy Spirit, today we ask you, we come to you and we ask you to work in these people's lives, that you will go to them. Holy Spirit, we ask right now that you will give people joy and peace and freedom and clarity and discernment and direction and wisdom 
that you will bring conviction into people's lives that need conviction, that you will bring hope for the hopeless person. Maybe that's on the edge um, with their emotions and they're considering suicide and things are difficult in their life and the enemy is running at them 800 miles an hour. God, we come together as a church and ask you to work in that situation today. We come together and ask you for the child that is far from you and needs to know your hope and restoration and your freedom. God, we ask you to work in that situation. For the person that we know that is bound up in addiction, the Holy Spirit, we ask you to go and to begin to do what we could never do. And we trust you today. We come together in faith and God, we trust you. Ask you to work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.